here we are. We're John and, and Jeff, Jeff and John, and um, <clears throat> we're on the other side of the pulpit. This is uh, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids. And uh, so together we sit down and, and discuss biblical things and, and concepts and, and theology and just questions that we're not sure of. And, and um, we do it uh, not to try to prove people wrong, but for, for ourselves to grow stronger in Christ. We're not, um, we're, we try to dive deep into different subjects and, uh, and the whole time it's, it's, it's really for us, but we decided we'd start recording this to let others see what we talk about and then, uh, and then y'all, maybe it'll, it'll drive somebody else to go closer to God. We're going to open with prayer. Dear Father, as we come together today to discuss uh, the topic of the day, Lord, um, we ask You to open our hearts and our minds up to receive Your message, Lord, that we can draw closer to You. Father, that, that, that we won't make conclusions on our own, but that we will look for You for the conclusions. Father, we ask it all in Your Son's holy name. Amen. And if y'all hear that noise in the background, it's, it's not John's stomach growling, it's the coffee pot making coffee for Sunday school. <laughs> Um, and it's it's just a pity you can't smell it. Yeah, I know it smells good. Yeah. So, go ahead, John, with your uh, your deep thoughts and conversation and questions. Well, just as, as you was going through what the other side of the pulpit is, and, and just just so you'll know, these are the thoughts, that, and the reason it's called this is these are the thoughts that go on in the mind of a human being as he stands behind the other side of the pulpit. Yes. There is a man, a, a human man, standing on the other side of the pulpit. Right. And just to show you that he has those same questions in his mind, mm-hmm. and he reasons things in his mind the same way you do. It's no different. We're just a man. We stand on the other side of the pulpit. Right. I think it pretty well explained it, didn't it? That did. You did good. And, and, and this goes back long years ago when I used to look at my dad. My dad, he was, he was one of the most godly men you'd ever knew. And Jeff, Jeff knew you know, a little about him, but yet at the same time, he really didn't realize the, the man until he went to his funeral. Right. I, I really understood um, the impact that Willard Dean had after his funeral when we were so tight in the pews that people were in the hallways and uh, a gentleman in front of me said, um, was talking to somebody next to him. I don't know if they knew each other or not. One of them said, uh, it wasn't in the paper. And uh, the other one said, if, if it would have been in the paper, he'd, they'd have had to have a bigger place or had to have two funerals because they wouldn't have got everybody in here. And, and the other one said, they don't have anybody, enough room for everybody now. And he said, I'm telling you that. And that's what I'm saying. And then the, the preacher that preached the funeral said, I'm preaching my preacher's funeral. And then he said, if, if he had an impact on your life, raise your hand. And everybody in there raised their hand. And uh, it was jam-packed. Uh, but that's, that's the only part of the story. Later on, uh, I was talking to an old preacher that has since passed away. And I said, Do you, did you know Willard Dean? And he said, yeah, he was my mentor. And I was sitting there going... 
if he was your mentor, what does he make that to me? My grand mentor? Because you're one of my mentors. <laughs> and if he was one of your mentors, then... <laughs> but yes, he was a very godly man. And he... Um, but he was just a man. He was just a man. And see, that's, that's the side that I saw. Mm-hmm. Because I would ride down the road in a car with my dad. We'd be going somewhere. And I would see the expressions on his face. Mm-hmm. And, and I always wondered... If that man knowing and being as dedicated and as sincere and as genuine about his faith can have doubts and thoughts and fears, that's what's going on on the other side of the pulpit. Yes. And what is it? Now, that's why we're doing this is because we want you to know those things. Absolutely. We want you to know that just because that man is standing up there, and this comes out from in light of a lot of things that have happened in the last month or so. Right. Oh. and as I was in the shower, which I'm glad we don't have a Dick Tracy two-way TV radio wrist phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's times when you walk by the mirror and you go, ooh. And then there's times you get to a certain age when you walk by the mirror and you go, ugh. <laughs> okay, I'm Meanwhile, in, back at the ranch. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at that stage now. Ugh. All right. As, as I'm in the shower and, and I'm thinking about all this stuff that, that's come about, you know, politically and, and, and uh, I don't know if you know what's, if you've watched the news of what went on with the president of Liberty University or not, but that and then some of the political things that are coming out where you've got a, a, a candidate that's running very strongly because he's in a high religious position that's claiming to be a minister of the gospel and has preached the gospel in one of the largest churches of a particular denomination in a race, saying that he's gospel and he's preaching the gospel, but yet at the same time, the political view he supports supports abortion and homosexuality and gay marriage and and all of the things that the Word of God speaks against. You wonder... If, and here's the question, y'all, is what's being preached from the pulpits of most churches today really the gospel? Is it the gospel as Paul preached it? Is it the gospel as was revealed to Paul by God? Is it the gospel? That's a very good question, Is it the true gospel? (laughs) It is a gospel. Because what does gospel mean? It means good news, right? Yes. Literally. Yeah, you know, you just pull all the religious aspect out of it. It means good news. Now, uh-huh. are they preaching the true good news, or are they just preaching good news of some kind of positive thinking mentality of of some? I saw a program. Well, I didn't see it. It came across the screen last night as I was looking for something else on TV. They had a whole segment on there for about an hour and a half with Deepak Chopra. What's that? That's Oprah Winfrey's Swami Dami. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. What do you? Uh, what is it? What's the word we used to use when back in all this transcendental meditation and the the guru? Yeah. That's Oprah's guru. You talked about a mentor, mentor a while ago. Uh huh. It's Oprah's mentor. Huh. Of how you just think all these good thoughts and you're reincarnated and you you know karma and all this other mess. Yeah. All right. Then you got the doctrine of do- the 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 and I I'll, I'll because he's today I'll use it this way. But then you got the Doctor Phil doctrine. 
of how you never settled your problems, you just learned coping skills. Go back to the Gospel and look at what the Gospel says, what the true Gospel, what the Word of God says the Gospel is. He says in Corinthians, doesn't He make all things new? Mm -hmm. That gives you a complete different set of what Dr. Phil calls coping skills because that means you don't have to cope with the same things you did cope with because you're a new man. Mm -hmm. Why? Because your spirit's been reborn. You've got a new spirit to deal with these things. It's not a coping skill. It's a new life. You know, you said it, John. Let me let me take a, a, a side side sidetrack <laughs> here for just a second. I've been counseling people for twenty plus years, mostly youth, up until sixteen years ago when I started counseling grown ups. I counseled some grown ups, you know, when I was a youth leader, but most of them were parents dealing mm-hmm. with kids. But as a pastor, I've been counseling. I've taken classes and I've read books on counseling. Mm-hmm. I've read books on how to talk to people and how to help people and things not to say and things to say. And one of the worst things to say to somebody is, um, I understand what you're saying. I, under, I, I understand. You, you don't know what to understand. Um, I, I understand what you're going I can understand what you're saying, but I can't understand what you're going through. I can't mm-hmm. understand what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that really... That, that, that a lot of people say and I, I get upset about uh, when they say it and I, I try to get people not to say it is well now you can minister to somebody else because you've gone through something mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. well I, I told a guy one time you can minister to somebody with a broke nose because I'm about to break yours for saying that I didn't mm-hmm. say that I didn't say that I just wanted I, I, but I, I know. you know uh, it, it may be true but it's not something that you're going to say in comforting words that's not comforting that's um, but what I have discovered in the the many years uh, of talking to people, and you try to get them to understand that there's a new you, and that that God's going to make it new, and that you're not going to have to do it. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They do not want to hear that. What they want to hear is that they'll still have the same emotional feelings for whatever person they just lost, or whatever uh, they had before what the incident was they want to go back before that they're just having to cope with what the problem is and that's where dr phil comes in and i've had to i've had to talk to people and when i when i read the people that that they don't want to hear that they're going to be okay Mm -hmm. um i i talk to them about how they're going to be able to cope with stuff and the only reason why is because that's what they they will completely reject the fact that God's going to make you new. And then they wonder why I'm... Like when I lost my brother. I, I miss my brother. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I mm-hmm. miss my... You miss your dad. Absolutely. You miss your mom. Absolutely. Um, but I don't sit there and mourn over him. I don't... You haven't built a shrine to no, him like and, some people do. And, and I don't dwell on them and, and all that. I, but I gave it all to God. Mm-hmm. And he made it where it was okay, and I didn't. I don't have to cope daily with the fact that he died. Mm-hmm. I can move ahead. They see when you're coping with something, you're still in the middle of it. You're harboring it. Yes, you know when when uh, I, I want to keep my sexual addiction, but I want to keep it in my mind. I don't want it to manifest itself. So what I do is I learn coping skills to control this. Yes. Well, Jeff, we can't control this stuff it's going to come out at some point in time 
Yes, and that's why you give it to God. That's why you give it. That's where a new birth comes in to where you have a high priest that you can take these things to. And I'm careful not to ever say that I'm never going to do this or I'm never going to do that because the devil will say, challenge accepted. And uh, I accept your challenge and let's go this way. And You're going to fall, baby. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So what I do is I go, I pray that God gives me the strength to continue on that uh, the path I'm on. Because I have seen people go, well, I would never do such and such. And, and judging a pastor for what he does, a pastor is just a man. And, and, and uh, the pastor or a deacon or uh, any Christian, we're all the same. In fact, if you read the Scripture... For a deacon, it says he first must prove himself, and the pastor is the same thing. You you got to you got to prove who you are. There's mm-hmm. there's no difference as, as far as a lifestyle between a deacon and, and a pastor and a, and just John Q. Christian. You know what I'm saying? And we forget a lot of times that we have that sin nature within us. And how do I know that? Because I still got it in me. Why? Because when I look at somebody that has fallen, and it's obvious the path that they're on was leading to that, and I go, boy, you're an idiot. And then all of a sudden, God brings this stuff to my mind and says, no, because you did the same thing. Yeah. And you knew it when you were doing it. And and your sin may be different than their sin. Absolutely. Their sin may have been something that that... I don't know. One thing I try not to label sins because a sin is a sin is a sin. sin is and a if you're living against God, you're you're living a sin. If you're living in that sinful world, you're sinning. I you're mean, sinning. But when you, but the question is is what the preachers preaching gospel exactly. And here's my my thought on that. Yes and no. You've got some preachers that don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So therefore, they cheapen the Word of God. And I'm not talking about when they're counseling somebody, comforting them and, and all that. Like I, you know, you hear somebody when they lose a loved one, they go, oh, heaven got another angel. Well, literally, they did not get another ha- angel. But it's a nice, it's a, it's it's a nice It's just a thought, you know. And I don't oh, say that. I never say that from the pulpit or anything like that. And I don't sit there and go, no, heaven didn't get another angel. You can't be an angel. You're a person. And people don't become angels. I don't argue with them. But it's just a it's just how people say things to comfort. Yeah. But from yeah. the pulpit, when you're preaching the gospel, you're either preaching the gospel or you're not preaching the gospel. And some people water down the gospel so that so that it does not challenge the congregation or challenge the people because they want to keep their job and they want to grow the church. And if you're not challenging the people, you'll grow the weakness. Absolutely. And the weaker people will Absolutely. come to the church because they're not being challenged. And you can grow your church that way. And you can entertain the people for an hour um, doing certain things and then send them home and they go home feeling like they've accomplished something because they've been to a church that did, that, and, they, and, and based on the preacher, their lifestyle that they're living is okay. And then you've got some preachers that preach like that because... They're living a sinful life themselves. Yeah, and they don't want and, they don't want to be confronted with it. And and I'm not and, and immediately I think everybody's mind, yours included, probably went to pornography or drugs it, or didn't it, it, did it, is that what you? Th- 
that was one of them. And then another one was this person come to mind that I know quite well. I don't know him quite well, but I, I'm, I'm well familiar with him. That actually was a, a functioning alcoholic in the pulpit. Yeah, okay. What about the preacher who gets up there and wants to work three hours a week? Oh, I, I'm, I'm... You know, he, his sinful life is not all these addictions that everybody's got. What if his sinful lifestyle is just being self-centered and he's got a stage and not a pulpit? Absolutely. He's got, he's Absolutely. got a stage. It look drives at, me crazy when people call that a stage look at because me. a stage is for entertaining. A pulpit is for gospel. A pulpit is for worshiping and teaching people to worship and leading people to worship and getting people closer to God. And the stage is what is what uh, they they get up and they and they bring entertainment. But their sin may be that they're just they've got they like to be center of attention and they yep. like to have the pats on the back and they like to have and that may be their sin. And so they're they're That's preaching. Pride. Yes, they got the the sin of pride. So yeah, I think some people do that. Then you got other people who preach the gospel and preach it to the best of their ability mm-hmm. to preach the true word, word of, God. of God. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that they. So I, I believe. And and let me tell you a secret that my my opinion on on those people that preach the true word of God. I'm gonna let us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let a secret out. They sin too. They absolutely. <laughs> I got to let you in on a secret. If you gossip about somebody, if you look at somebody that's been doing a bunch of crap and gets caught doing a bunch of crap and you say, hmm, he got what he deserved, guess what? And especially if you have a little sense of, hey, 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 you mm-hmm. boy, you got what's coming to you. We're not supposed to do that. Yeah. We're not supposed to revel in other people's misfortune. Yeah. And do you drive by the lottery store and go, hmm, boy, I wish I could win that. Isn't that, isn't that envy or jealous? What, what, uh, oh, man. Covetousness. Co- yeah, there you go. Covetousness. Yeah. My brother, my brother, he had Jeff. just that luck to do it. You know, he, he, he would go into a, a, a business meeting and they'd be they go okay we got door prizes everybody that came in here gets get, you know we're gonna draw a name and you're gonna win a door prize. You My brother won chance. the door prize just about every time. Even you didn't buy a ticket. It just by going to the meeting that you had to go yeah. to, they were yeah. gonna give you a door prize. Yeah. And and uh, my mama said, why don't you play the lottery? Because you can win. Because you're lucky. You're so lucky. And he looked at his, and mama said, I like my life the way it is. I don't want to mess it up with all that money. And he said, I'm scared that if I won all that money, that I wouldn't be the same. And I'm like who I am. Absolutely. And, uh, but a lot of people aren't like that. They aren't like they that. They done spent the money. And they ain't, they're, they're in line to buy the ticket. They'll spend all, every penny that they're going to win. Yeah. And then they don't win. Yeah. But, yeah, look, um, I, 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 I had a preacher tell me one time, he got, I, when I came to, to Reed's Chapel, he said, uh, he said seven years. That's he go because I've been here about two years or something. And, and that's 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 said, a longevity, right there. Said, I know what you go. Well, say. He, no, he said he said you'll have me at seven years. He goes, you got. He goes, I was at a church for seven years, and I went to another church. Was there for seven years, and uh, and he goes. Um, so when 
uh, let's see if you can catch up with me. Kind of like bragging, like, hey, yeah. look where I've been. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll never forget when I, when I hit the seven-year mark, I, in my mind, I thought about calling him going, I, I matched him. But when I hit the eight-year mark, I thought about calling him going, where are you at now? And I thought, you know, that was wrong. In my mind, I thought, I, he, it's like this guy never knew I, I thought about that. And, and so I went and I just stopped and I said, Lord, I, keep me from being like that. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm just saying, everybody, everybody sins. Everybody sins. That's right. And, and, and now I'm, I'm hit 16 years and, and my prayer is completely different. Lord, help me to continue to be able to be the minister this church needs until it's time. And I've... The, the, listen, Jeff, the more I study what Paul's... the doctrine that Paul puts out for the Gentile world, the more I understand exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And the, the more I realize just how ignorant I am. Mm-hmm. But now I will sh- I will tell you that just because you preach the gospel or just because you don't preach the gospel does not mean that, that your church is going to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my daughter lives, I'm not going to say where she lives because it probably people might deduce what churches she's gone to, but she lives in a city that is big. Mm-hmm. And she uh well for West Point that could be Noonan. <laughs> no, yeah. It's bigger than West Point, it's bigger than Noonan. But there's there's one church it, there's you know, it's, it's like a big city kinda like, you know, it'd be like Dallas or yeah. or Houston yeah. or uh, it's a major Birmingham yeah. or yeah. Montgomery or Atlanta or, or or New York. I mean it's a big city. Yeah. Um and then so you've got all these suburbs outside this big city. And so um, she went to this one church in this one area. And if I said the name of the preacher, y'all would go, everybody this would go, I've heard that name. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the ones that didn't would Google the name and go, huh, that's a, you know, because he's well known as a, it's, it's, a, as a pastor. And it's a mega church. Yes. yes. And when I heard that she was going to go to that church, I was like, I think she'll get the gospel there. Because mm-hmm. I've heard him speak at conferences. Yeah. I've heard him speak. but So anyway, she, uh, she goes to the church and she calls me up. She goes, yeah, I didn't really like it. Yeah. I said, what's wrong with the church? She said, well, he got up there for 45 minutes and told stories. And then at the end of the 45 minutes, he told, he gave, he kind of wrapped it all up in a message for about five minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, Dad, I got five minutes of meat and potatoes mm-hmm. and 45 minutes. A strawberry of, shortcake. Yeah, of, of junk. <laughs> she said, Dad, I just, I didn't eat. She said, I, I left there hungry. That's why I can't, that's why it's been rolling over in my mind is what's preached from this, the pulpit. Is it the gospel? Yeah, it, well, here's Is this what's necessary to take that first step to obtain the salvation that God has made available for us? Well, this, this, all right, my daughter goes from that church, there's another church about the same distance in the other direction from where she lives. Yeah. And she goes to this other church. Now, if I name that church, yeah. it's probably not quite as well known outside of that area, yeah. outside of that state maybe. Yeah. But the pastor 
is not quite as well known as the other pastor, but he's well known. Yeah. She goes to that other church. She walked in and she said, Dad, she said, this church was so big that I got lost. I was walking the wrong direction. <laughs> she said, she said, uh, there's, they've got three or four churches going on at one time. She goes, so I went to the main one. She goes, I went to the grown up church, Dad. You know, she's going to, and somebody yeah, goes, yeah. the college was over there. She goes, well, I just go in here. She said, Dad, she said, the choir and the orchestra, both of them would not have fit in our church. Yeah, yeah. And I said, okay. She said, I said, well, what did you think about it? She said, oh, it, it was just beautiful. The songs just were beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I said, well, okay. She said, and when he got up there and started preaching, he preached. Mm-hmm. She said, Dad, when I walked out of there, I was full. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, both churches are huge. Both churches have a huge following. Both churches have online. Both churches have live and 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 computerized right, right. whatever. Yeah. And one of them's preaching the gospel, and one of them's tickling you with the gospel. Yeah. Now, what the guy, what the one was teaching was not necess- It was it was gospel. Yeah. Because my daughter said, "Yeah, it was gospel. It was the truth." Yeah. But it was. Just a just a dose. It was like a, a spoon like a feel good, yeah, like a taste. And and the other one was there. Yeah. So you can have you can have and both churches were flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh she texted me last night, she said, They opened back up. I could go. <laughs> so she's Yeah. So here's my thing. You can be in the pulpit and entertain people. And have a huge church, and you can be in the pulpit and preach the gospel, and have a huge church. The deal is, is you've got what? What do you? What's the end game? Yeah. What are you trying to do? If you're trying to to keep your sin uh, um, under wraps, and you so you don't preach. I heard a joke one time. It wasn't a very good joke. It wasn't a very funny joke. And I kind of sat there and looked at the guy, but it, it fits right here. The preacher lost his bicycle. Oh, you know the joke, don't yes. you? Yes, yeah, I've told it myself. And it's it's and the, and the preacher, yeah. t- preacher and he could ten commandments. They said preach on ten commandments, and he and and he started preaching, and he got part of the way down. And and uh, when he and he stopped preaching the Ten Commandments, they said, "You find your Bible." He said, "Bike." He said, "Yeah." He said, "When I got to adultery, I remember where I, I left." Remember it. where I left my bicycle. And that's a sad thing, but that's a lot. A lot of preachers are like that. Absolutely. But then there's there's other preachers that don't want to sin. Just like there's a lot of Christians out there. Most most Christians do not want to sin against God, but they, they do. do. And most pastors don't want to sin against God, but they do. So if your pastor fails, does not mean he wasn't preaching the gospel. It just means he's human. It just means he's human. If he's not preaching the gospel, you should know he's not preaching the gospel because you should be in the Word of God where you're not listening. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does to me. So you don't, you're not, at that point, um, at that point, you're not. Um, you can look at it and go, "Okay, he's not. He's not preaching the gospel. There's got to be a reason." And you go, you can either ask him, which I think would be the smart thing to do. Just look up at him, and go, "I notice you just don't." 
preach the gospel. I notice you just water it down. What, what's that all about? And he can get offended at you and he'll probably get mad and kick you out. I mean, you could do it a little more tactful than that, but I have no tact. That's one of my, my shortcomings is no tact. Or you could look at him and say, you know, I just need to go somewhere where, get, where I'm getting fed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now here's something else too. Um, but if you're this, I had a professor one time, and and you know we're gonna have to carry this one on. <laughs> I mean, we hadn't even really hit the the the, the meat, meat of the potatoes, right? We're, we're gonna get we're, we will carry this one on. Go ahead. I had a theology <laughs> professor one time, and he said he said um, when he listens to people preach, he said he said they may be good preachers, but. Because he studies the gospel so much, mm-hmm. he says it's hard for him to find a good young preacher that will feed him. They may be doing a great job, but it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a, um, a a beginning carpenter teaching a master carpenter how to how to do something, you know, or it's, it's like somebody that just got out of uh, school to be a mechanic teaching. A guy that's been working on the, on that same type of vehicle for thirty years, yeah. how he, how to do something? Yeah. It's kind of like my father-in-law put in elevators, and somebody come in and go, "This is a better way to do it." And he's like, "I've done it that way, and it ain't." <laughs> you know, I mean, it's you've done things that that you can, and and uh, but that didn't mean the person's not preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel, it, the only way you're gonna know if a if a pastor is preaching the true word of God is if you're in the word if of God. If you're in the word of God, that's it. And that's gonna be the main way to figure out whether he's really preaching it. Now, what about all these people that fall and come short of the glory of God? Well, I I can't answer that. That's uh, that's that's between them and God. Well, Scripture's quite clear on that for all. Have sinned and fall short. We can go ahead and now that you've read the scripture for my uh, sermon this morning, we can go no, ahead. Don't tell me that. <laughs> don't tell me that. Hey, wait. Go from there to Genesis chapter four, where uh, that Cain and Abel bring a sacrifice, and then God does not accept Cain's sacrifice, and Cain gets mad and kills Abel. And everybody goes, well, he got he got mad and killed Abel. That was a sin. No, his sin was what brought them to the altar for the sacrifice. The other sin was that he brought the works of his hands and not the blood of the lamb. The next sin was being angry about it and projecting his failures on somebody else. Lust. Next sin, the next sin was was murdering his brother for a sin he committed, and then the next sin was lying to God about it. And so, all we <laughs> I know the same three sins same that happened in the garden, same sins, sins that happen now. But here's the thing: everybody loses focus on the fact that because they were human, they had to sacrifice, and that's where. That's where it all went downhill. Yeah. Because, see, Cain wasn't recognizing his own failures. Absolutely. And so his pride made him want to give the works of his flesh instead of what God wanted. Absolutely. And that's where a lot of people are today. 
and one you start one and it leads to the rest. Yes, of them. they it all does. fall into place. You, you if if you. We'll get into it next go around. <laughs> we hadn't even got to the gospel yet, have we? No, and look, and, and I was going to come up with a question that, that today is why did God create man? And why why did God create the tree of knowledge of good and evil and, and the tree of life? That'll have to come in on the next one. <laughs> Folks, we've enjoyed it. Yeah, we've had a good time. And uh, we're trying to keep it around 30 minutes. Me and John usually go hour and a half, two hours, but we and we just just have conversations. I hope you enjoy. I hope you get in the Word of God and and check out your pastor and make sure he is preaching the true Word of God. John, will you close us in prayer? Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the fact that you allowed Jeff and I to come in and do this and, and to show people exactly what goes on on the other side of the pulpit. Help everybody that listens to this to realize that, yes, the other side of the pulpit goes through the same struggles and questions and doubts and fears and failures and faults and everything else that the people that are sitting there listening to that man does. Father, as we go through today, keep our hearts and our minds and our lives open to you in Christ's name. Amen.